I'm Dr. Alan Miner, and welcome to The Quacks, a podcast about chiropractic, health, wellness, and longevity. Tune in to different episodes to learn the latest cutting-edge and yet old-school ways to stay healthy. It's a big difference in studying sick care and diagnosing disease than studying how to be your absolute best, your absolute healthiest. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, here at the docks. Uh, it's been just a little while since we've been with you here on the Quacks. Today we want to talk about HRV. We've got Dr. Pat Flores. Welcome, Dr. Pat. Good morning, guys. We also have uh, Dr. Shelby out in our McKinney, Texas office. How you doing, Bert? Hi. Good morning. Sorry, Dr. Bert. Shelby, <laughs> our, our nickname for Shelby is Bert. I revert to that every now and then. <laughs> Dr. Adrian, how are you doing? I'm good. Good morning. How's that new little baby? She's good, sleeping through the night, which I think I wow. talked to you guys uh, last week. So that that's that's been really good. So that's um, a game changer. England, huh? game changer. Sleep is uh, sleep is good. Awesome. And I'm, Dr. Rod, how are you doing? Having more fun than I should be allowed. Beautiful, Dr. Rod. After practicing 40 years in Atlanta, uh, came to be our chief operating officer at HealthQuest, and now finds himself. Uh, out of sheer love for the the game, if you will, <laughs> back in practice, uh, and uh, it's been fun to watch him uh, execute his craft. So well done, Doc. Thank you. So what we want to talk about today, everyone, is HRV, heart rate variability. It's a hot topic. You're probably seeing a lot of this if you have any kind of usual uh, interest in health, wellness, sports, athletic performance, sleep. Heart rate variability is really a fascinating tool to begin to measure how your body works. We want to educate you a little bit about what it is, talk about it, talk about how people are applying it, and talk about how we use this inside of chiropractic. So, Dr. Adrian, uh, why don't you kick us off just kind of giving a a broad overview of what is heart rate variability and why should somebody care what theirs is? How does that directly impact their, their life or their performance? Yeah. So, like you're talking about, you know, we think of the heart as when you're in a stressful, uh, maybe job, stressful environment, or maybe you're exercising the heart, we know that that's going to elevate the the heart rate uh, because of that stressful state, that stressful environment. So, your body has to be able to, if you will, adapt to its environment, adapt to its surroundings. So where this comes into play is it, your, your heart has to be able to be able to either kick up a notch or be able to slow down. So the heart rate variability is, is important in our offices because we live in a world where we're constantly just surrounded by different stresses, whether it be some kind of physical stress, some kind of chemical stress or emotional stress. So to be able to measure our body's ability to, to adapt to those stressors is, is very important because oftentimes those stresses can actually lead to a poorer state of health and we don't even realize that and our body gets stuck in that norm which is a very stressed response which a stress response on our body over a period of time just begins to affect the function of the body and the quality of our body and how we are able to adapt to those things and it can lead to a lot of just health conditions so we'd like to have their body to be able to either kick into high speed or kick down a notch when need be 
but they, at the end of the day, we want our body to be able to adapt to that. So the heart rate variability is, is a good tool to, to measure where our body is. Is it stuck on this, this fight flight response, this stress state, which can lead to a poorer state of health, or does it have that capability to go back and forth uh, where it needs to, depending on the environment and the situation that, that you're in. So basically, it's a measurement of how stressed out a person is. You're, you're exactly right. And how that person, that individual, is able to just adapt to their environment. Yeah, I'm reminded of uh, stories about people uh, who do not survive heart attacks. Uh, you know, a stressful thing happens, somebody gets stressful news, and their heart's not able to jump up into gear to deal with that stress, and all of a sudden the heart seizes up. And that's why I think you're hearing a lot of popular recommendations around types of exercising called interval training or HIIT training, things that get your heart rate up and then allow you to recover. Get your heart rate up again and allow you to recover. Different than the person who just goes and runs for 30, 45, 60 minutes with the same heart rate, you don't get that same benefit to your heart adapting. So, Dr. Shelby, can you talk a little bit about um, this this component of stress? I mean, particularly where my mind's going is phones and social media, but um, I know you also see a lot of kids today. iPads are a part of, part of that. So how does heart rate variability, and particularly how does stress impact that, and where are these stressors that you're seeing in your practice coming from today? Well, I think the key is, just like you said, we have more and more stressors and younger and younger kids are starting to see it more. I know a lot of our practices, we are seeing kids and like myself, younger and younger, they're more stressed out. We are seeing a lot of different, uh, you know, ADD, ADHD, hyperactivity. I can't tell you how many kids just in the last month have come in with anxiety. And so it's just more and more common because we're in a more stressful world. And I do think our electronics play a big role. Um, but it could be it could be school as well. It could be, again, like Dr. Adrian mentioned, uh, chemical stressors, the foods we're eating, the toxins we're putting on and in our body. Um, emotional stress as a kid as well. So all of these stressors, they're going to bring our body into that, that sympathetic state, that fight or flight state. And we're seeing it younger and younger kids right now. Yeah. And I, I, it's scary to me when you put a tablet or a, a phone in front of a kid, how locked in they get. And what we know is those visual pathways don't develop a child's brain the way movement and play develops a child's brain. And, uh, you know, We've talked about before here on the show, in, in the tech world, they call it going lower on the brainstem. Uh, they want to hijack our brainstem, which is where that fight or flight part of our brain is, so that we get addicted to the dopamine hits. Kind of like what used to happen with slot machines. You'd pull it, and then you'd get a little ding and noises, and you'd get some money, and all of a sudden people would get addicted to that change in their brain and, and phones are designed very similarly with all the bongs and dings and messages and likes and it's the same mechanism to get us to spend more time and you see a child's brain isn't even developed to deal with that we, we don't even know the outcome these devices are going to have a child's brain but to Shelby's point where we see this show up on a heart rate variability is you can actually measure that stress uh, now Dr. Rod a couple points in that uh, one is uh it's kind of hard to get a heart rate variability study on a child. Can you explain kind of 
a little bit about the technicalities. What what are we measuring? How, how does the tool work when somebody comes into one of our offices? Just kind of give somebody a a, a, a description of, of what we're looking at when we when we take this measurement to see if somebody is in this stressed out fight or flight mode from from life. Well. I, the, the interesting thing about the heart rate variability is it gives us a unique window into how the nervous system is actually functioning. And uh, that's a wonderful thing. It not only gives us an idea of where the patient is now, but we also gives us a real good idea of where they need to be. We know what normal is. We find out where the patient is. Then we figure out from our experience and our, and our protocols in chiropractic on what it's going to take to get them there. And that's true whether it's adults or kids. Um, it involves uh, putting the fingers into the, the machine and just sitting there for a few minutes very quietly and letting the machine measure what the heart's doing while it's just resting and relaxing. And um, uh, it, it really is a unique uh, window into the way the nervous system functions. Um, one of the things that uh, I've run across recently is uh, a research that was done by Dr. Amy Haas, who's one of the big research people in chiropractic and HRV. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll read just a very, very short conclusion from that study. Uh, it says, patients under continuous chiropractic care to correct vertebral subluxation demonstrated a sustained improvement in HRV. This subjectively demonstrates long-term change consistent with improved neurophysiological regulation, adaptability, and resilience in patients undergoing chiropractic care. Now, for adults, that's a big thing. For kids, oh my gosh, that's an even bigger thing. Imagine taking a kid from day one in their lifetime and making sure that their nervous system is free of interference and they experience a lifetime of improved neurophysiological regulation, adaptability, and resilience. Uh, now, those are some big words. Let me just take a second and explain those. Neurophysiological regulation, that's literally our nervous system's ability to regulate how our body functions. Pretty important things. Uh, adaptability, the very meaning of life is the ability to adapt to change in our environment. And then resilience is our ability to bounce back from anything that does come along. So uh, adults or kids, we want to see these things improve in life. And uh, long-term consistent chiropractic care is one of the best ways to see that that happens. Awesome. Well said. Uh, Dr. Pat, uh, what we know with heart rate variability is we're essentially, uh, when somebody sits there still, as Dr. Rod just said, uh, we're measuring the difference between the pulse rate in the fingertip, the heart rate, and respiration, that, that triune. And what we're really measuring at the end of the day is what we call coherence. How heart rate, pulse rate, and respiration are moving together or how they get really out of sync. And, and so can you kind of give some insight when they get really out of sync, that's that sympathetic response. Give us a little more technical info on that and what part of the brain's kicking in and why, we're, why this translates so well into even why the chiropractic adjustment can then help pull somebody out of this fight or flight stress response. Well, just thinking about heart rate variability, Automatically, people think it's a heart test, but essentially, it's more of a test of your nervous system. Now, your nervous system's ability to adapt and adapt to stress like we're, we've been talking about lies in um, the autonomic system. And your autonomic system has two major components. It has your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. So heart rate variability, looking at that coherence and how things are syncing up, 
shows how the autonomic system is working, how well it's able to adapt to stress, you know? Like we said, stress can be, stress isn't bad. People think stress is a bad thing, but there's different types of stress. But where it lies, where the importance lies is how somebody's body is able to adapt through the nervous system to stress, whether it perceives that stress as bad or whether it perceives the stress as good stress. So when we're looking at heart rate variability, essentially we want to see balance. We want to see that somebody's really balanced in their heart tone, basically. If they're balanced between that sympathetic tone and the parasympathetic tone, this really shows us how the nervous system is communicating with the cardiovascular system to adapt to stress. Again, sympathetic nervous system is kind of like the fast acting, like Dr. Adrian said, it's kind of like the gas pedal of our body. Things work faster, they get you out of stress, and it's that fight or flight mode. Your body, your brain engages your body to get into fight or flight mode, so things work faster to get you out of that stress. Other end of the spectrum is the parasympathetics, which act more like a break. Now, the parasympathetic system acts on the heart through the vagal tone, through the vagus nerve, and that can slow things down, of course. And then the sympathetic nervous system acts through the thoracic sympathetic nerves on the heart to speed things up. So again, that coherence, the tone, the sinking of all those components shows us just how well people are able to adapt to stress, good or bad stress. But again, we want to just show people over time how chiropractic can help their adaptability. And that's where it lies. You know, you want to be able to adapt to all types of stress so that your body can thrive and heal and do so through the nervous system. Well said, guys. And uh, that's the coolest part about this. I want everybody listening to just take away is chiropractic, we, we, none of us have the ability to change the stressors in your life. But what we're able to do when we adjust you is we get the spine back in alignment and we fire off what's called proprioception. So we start stimulating the front part of your brain to take you out of this fight or flight stress response. So we can't change the stress in your life. But we can essentially upgrade the software of your nervous system so that your body is better able to adapt to the world you're in. You, and, and all of a sudden, when you're using the front part of your brain, things that were stressful when you're in fight-or-flight mode all of a sudden aren't as stressful. And you start to see the creative solution, uh, reason, problem-solving, strategy. These things are all human traits that reside in the frontal cortex of the brain, and the chiropractic adjustment lights that up. Why we get so excited about heart variability as chiropractors is for over a century, the first feedback we tend to get when people get adjusted is, you know, I just feel better. I feel great when I'm getting adjusted. And they can't, they have a hard time putting words on it. But what that is, we know, is they're operating not from that fight or flight brainstem stress place, but when they get adjusted, people are better operating from that front cortex, that, that place of inspiration that place of love, of creativity, and what a better place to operate from. And as, as one of the docs just said, now for a child, that gives that child the potential to reach their full potential. You know, their brain's just not in survival mode. Their brain's starting to develop and, and kick into gear the way that a child's brain's supposed to. So that's why we get excited about it, and uh, we'll be sharing this with all of our listeners, all of our practice members. We have this technology inside of our offices. That's the key point. It's a measurement that sometimes is a, it takes a little more time to unpack and explain to people. So sometimes we might gloss over it or people don't understand that as much as the muscle scans or the, the infl inflammation scans we do. But uh, that's why I wanted to take just a minute to go deep and drill down on this. So, uh, again, there's been another episode of, of The Quacks. We thank everybody for tuning in and listening, and uh, we hope you have an amazing, amazing day. Take care. Bye.